This is Saster's Founders Favorite Series, where you can hear some of the best of the best from Saster speakers. This is where the cloud meets. As the number one rated sales tax solution, trusted by more than 20,000 e-commerce professionals, TaxJar knows sales tax. To ensure accurate sales tax compliance amid the latest software taxability trends, visit taxjar.com forward slash saster to automate sales tax for your SaaS business. Up today, Saster CEO Jason Lemkin and gorgeous CEO Roman LaPierre. Okay, hey everybody out there uh, in Saster, there's the number one question that I get eight times a day, which is, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? It's what everybody wants to know. What are you seeing in the enterprise? What are you seeing with SMBs? What are you seeing in work from home? What are you seeing in marketing? It's what everybody wants to know, and we just can't seem to get enough information uh, about this. And maybe a few of you know 50 amazing uh, SaaS and cloud CEOs yourselves, but most of us don't. So I wanted to grab a few of the leaders that are breaking out, but not quite at the Slack and Zoom level. We know enough about them, but the folks that are the next Slack and Zoom who are learning, who it's not all daisies and unicorns, who they have some segments that are doing well and some that are deeply struggling to hear their learnings. And so I wanted to first bring Roman from Gorgeous on. He spoke at the Saster Annual, and I'll let him talk a little bit about Gorgeous, which is the leading contact center for e-commerce in the Shopify ecosystem. But to me, there's many interesting things about Gorgeous, especially because Gorgeous has 2,000-something customers. I'll let you introduce yourself. But how many? Uh, 2,400 customers, yeah. Uh, so yeah, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Roman, CEO of Gorgeous. So I think Jason uh, pitched us well. Like, uh, we are a customer service company for uh, e-commerce brands. And so we help them uh, build long-term relationships with the, the customers. And so we have uh, 2,400 customers, mostly uh, in the SMB space and uh, in the US. Good. So it's interesting because you have 2,400 SMBs. Uh, parts of e-commerce are benefiting. We can see it at home, right? Especially the big guys. I mean, Amazon's hired 175,000 people. Instacart's hiring hundreds of thousands. But at the same time, SMBs are hurting more than enterprises, right? And so you've got an interesting cross-section of some of your segments that are performing well, but they're not all perfect, right? Some, some are hurting, and you've done some fairly interesting and innovative things, which I want you to tell us about. But but talk us back. Take your, sorry, I keep forgetting and I should know, but take your 2,000-something SMBs and some larger customers and, and break them up into three groups for us. Who's doing well, who's doing struggling, and who's in a lot of trouble? Like, what are your three sort of green, yellow, red segments? Yeah, so I'd say like the, the, the green one is like everybody who's uh, getting like purchased from people uh, who are at home. So like food is up, uh, like food e-commerce is up, 5X, fitness is up, electronics are, is up. So these segments are doing really well and uh, they're actually like benefiting uh, from what's going on. I was actually on, on the phone with uh, one of our merchants yesterday and they, they basically uh, make underwear and they've decided to reuse their fabric to uh, make masks uh, wow. downtown LA. And so like uh, obviously like uh, it's working really well. So some people manage to, uh, are in good segments, some manage to adapt and they're doing really well. I'd say the, the middle, uh, the neutral ones are like kind of the, the bulk of uh, e-commerce. And uh, we looked at that very closely because uh, we were doing like the Q2 uh, forecasting and then like trying to see what is the impact of the, of the crisis on us. And so we looked at the sales and we saw that it dipped on uh, March 15th by about like uh, 30%. So like all e-commerce was down, everybody was scared. Right, the minute this happened, it dipped. Yeah, exactly. Like the minute everybody got sent home. 
And these guys are recovering. Like uh, I was pulling up the stats this morning and now like uh, we are back to uh, pre-COVID-19 levels. So like uh, it seems it's neutral like uh, for, for, well, for e-commerce. That, 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 that is not something I've heard. Who, we went home on March 15th and you also have a lot of customers that are fashions, right? The, the fashion yeah. I've read about, you have the, a lot of cool brands. People are not shopping as much for Coachella this year, I read today. Isn't that true? I mean, <laughs> isn't fast fashion impacted cool watches, cool shoes, cool clothes? I mean, I'm wearing slippers. Yeah, so th that's the, I would say that's the category that's being hurt. So uh, fashion, luxury, uh, apparel. And I think uh, I was catching up with a, a big retailer uh, who's actually like a, a public company uh, earlier today. And so like something that they were saying is that uh, obviously like all the physical stores are closed. So uh, like they lose like uh, almost all of their revenue. And so now like everybody goes, uh, they, they're trying to push online, but you can't like uh, shift your business from entirely through like a wholesalers or like retail stores to online. So it takes a, a, uh, some time to transition. And so this is, this is hard for them. Yeah, so they're hurting fashion. Sorry, give me an example of someone in the middle that's sort of neutral, that like, or that, or more interestingly, who is, because I haven't heard this story before, for, especially for smaller businesses, who is back to March 13th? Like, you don't give me, you don't have to give me an existing customer if you don't name names, but give me an example of someone that, that's come back somehow in this crazy time. Um, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to not name people. Um, type of industry. What's an industry that seems like it's back to what? Yeah, yeah. Electronics, for example. Like uh, I think, like uh, like everything was down. Like the week. Uh, like uh, if you make headphones, for example, like everything was down. And then people started buying again. Like people are getting the new iPhone uh, again. Like you, you saw. And also, like uh, it's really interesting to look at China because like uh, Apple is back up in China. Like most of the e-commerce companies there are back to normal levels. So, uh, so yeah, e-commerce as a whole is recovering and electronics is an example of it. So you've got, so just like a lot of folks, you have, a, you have segments that are green, yellow, and red at Gorgeous across thousands of customers. Yeah. Today, how does that blend all together? Like how do they blend? How does the good pulls you up, the, the struggling ones pull you down? What are you seeing as a, as a composite across these thousands of SMBs and e-commerce? So, so the composite is that we are back to pre-COVID-19 level. So like, uh, yeah, there was this dip for everybody like uh, across the board and then like we are back to, uh, to, to this level and some are benefiting like food uh, and some are suffering like uh, apparel. So overall, it's, it's pretty good news. Like uh, it means like, um, yeah, like uh, we are progressively catching up and, uh, and uh, going through this. Now we all, listen, I, I was obsessed with the 08 and 09 and we all, we all tried to put a positive spin on it and I actually have your numbers so I know you're doing well. But stepping back a bit with your colleagues you know a lot of the other next generation leaders in e-commerce and, and even if folks listening to this aren't in e-commerce, you're probably selling to SMBs. What are you seeing across your CEO peer set? Like what, what's happening across the other 10 sort of breakout leaders uh, in, in e-commerce SaaS? Yeah, so first uh, on SaaS specifically, I think, uh, I think we are very fortunate because uh, obviously like the merchants, they, their model is based on the sales. So like the moment the sales start, like their revenue stops and then it's, it's very worrisome and stressful. Uh, in SaaS, like uh, it's more of like a, a second uh, degree um, type of company because like uh, obviously like we have recurring revenue so the heat doesn't come uh, as fast. Yeah. And so I've seen like, I've seen some companies like uh, let go like, uh, like forced to a third of the staff. Uh, typically like it's uh, sales teams, uh, it can be like a biz dev team or it can be across the board. So like some merchants, uh, sorry, some uh, e-commerce companies, uh, e-commerce SaaS tools uh, have done that. But uh, I wouldn't say it's the norm. Like some of them have done that because like it's kind of a, 
they, they might have been like too aggressive before and obviously like since the, the crisis is going on like they, they want to tend towards having like two years of runway so yep. some are doing that but for the most part like uh, everybody's like sticking to where they are readjusting the projections to something a bit less aggressive but uh, yeah across the board and something that was really interesting as well is that um, there was a, a podcast by Toby the, the CEO of uh, Shopify and he was saying that uh, in 20 in 2008 um, so during the previous crisis, like they actually saw like uh, the number of merchants uh, increasing because everybody was like lots of people were being laid off, so they were launching their own stores. And I think like for e-commerce as a whole, like retailers that have like physical stores are switching to online, so like the whole thing balances out and uh, and it's pretty stable. And just two things, and then I want to talk about your free program because it's really innovative and helpful. But um, what the first one because we've worked on a little bit together, you're you, you have. Tailwinds here and some headwinds. You have both in your business. How today have you changed, at least on a percentage basis, how much have you reforecasted? How much are you being conservative? How much lower have you, have you changed your plan for this year? Yeah, so we, just, we decreased the plan by uh, 30%. I thought it was the goal. So we, we had like gross goals and we decreased them to uh, like a, a two thirds of what they were. Um, and uh, we did that like at the end of March because like we were seeing like uh, lots of contraction, lots of churn. Uh, so that was uh, that was stressful, and we and and mostly like this was like driven by uh, lower retention. Yeah. Uh, though what's what's really interesting is that over the last two weeks, and I think that's uh, partly because like we we've launched like uh, some uh, a program to to support merchants. But uh, like what we've seen is that things are actually uh, a bit like for our merchants, like they dipped on March fifteenth, and then they're progressively getting back to normal. So because of this sort of because of the free program to support them, or for external reasons? I think it's because of the free program. So let's dig into that. See, I'm super passionate about what you've done because I think now is the time for a lot of us to gain market share, right? Especially folks that are fortunate. You, you've worked incredibly hard. You guys had your own tilt, right? You guys went years without much revenue, but you have enough momentum and enough capital that you can invest a little bit in the future, right? And I, I, yeah. I think enough times folks that don't invest in their brand and their customers fall behind those that do. And I love free, but free has to be done well. If free is cynical, if free is a free week or free is only for first responders, it doesn't make an impact. You've gone aggressive and you've tried to help all your struggling customers, haven't you? So, so talk a bit about that. Yeah, so basically like it comes down to what I was saying like, uh, just a second ago is that merchants are being affected like the week the sales drop versus all the SaaS platforms like we are being affected like months after that because it's a, it's a recurring business. Like some people like uh, decide to churn or contract right away, but for the most part, it's a lagging indicator. And, and like you said, like we, we were fortunate to, uh, to raise the Series A before the, the, the crisis. So we were like, hey, like uh, what are some ways that we can uh, help uh, ease the, the burden on our, on our merchants? Because like uh, we all suffering from this some more than, uh, than others. So like uh, it makes sense to, to support each other. Um, so what we've decided to do is to uh, offer uh, three to six months free based on like uh, how much of a dip you are seeing uh, in your sales. And that's that supplies. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but I want people to understand this. This isn't, for, this isn't primarily aimed at new leads or new customers. This is for existing customers. Yeah, it's for existing customers. You've been paying us and we're just going to give you three to six months free if you have a decline in your revenue. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Because the philosophy is that like, uh, we only uh, thrive with our merchants. And if our merchants are in trouble, like, uh, and if they don't make it through the crisis, uh, like, obviously we want to help them. And it's like, uh, is it any uh, SaaS business uh, interest to uh, help their customers go through this? And is there a lot of drama to get this three to six month relief? Like how much work is it? Do I have to go through like a 10,000 
person sales rep interview or it's <laughs> <laughs> like a long survey easy <laughs> too yeah it's actually pretty straightforward like uh, you just send us a screenshot of your sales uh for the, the period of pre-covid and uh, during covid and uh based on how much of a uh, drop there is like we give you three months or six months that, that's how it works and did you tell everybody about this did you try to hide it maybe you were hoping some folks wouldn't do it because it was hit your revenue how did you expose this to your thousands of customers um, so we, we pushed it on, uh, on social media, like we have a, a Facebook group with our, with our customers there. Uh, and a lot of customers have been like uh, reaching out and also asking for help. We are pushing a, a newsletter as well to, to all the customers to tell them about it. So yeah, you don't want to go like, uh, uh, you don't want to hide it and say, hey, like we still do it. Like you just want to go all in and say, hey, like this is how much it's going to cost us. Let's go, let's do it and see, uh, see what the impact is. So you've got, so, and so tell me where we're at today in, since March 15th, or I think you launched this a week and a half ago or a week ago, right? How yeah, many yeah. advantage of this, of this, we'll, we'll give you three to six months plus for free. How many folks have said, have raised their hands? So about 200 merchants so far. 200. So 8% yeah. or something of your customer base have done Yeah, it. exactly so far. And I, I expect there will, there will be more. Right. And so, and so what, and as CEO, how do you guide your team to think about it? Like, how do you, does it, does, does it upset the sales team? How do you think, how do you align everyone to say, we want our customers to downgrade if they're struggling, if they're hurting, right? If they're, if they're GMB, if their revenue has fallen, we actually want to be ahead of this. We want to support this as a team. Yeah, so that's actually like a, a really interesting point because it's hard. So the, the way we've approached it is that uh, it should be us as a company that uh, take the, the financial risk here. It's like it's basically like an insurance and say, hey, like uh, we give you something for free and uh, like we expect that this is going to happen at the end. Um, and so we haven't changed the quotas for, for the team. So I'll give you an example. So it applies 80% of this uh, is for our existing customers and we yes. also get some, some new merchants out of it. And so um, we were saying just a second ago that uh, some, some businesses in the space have been like uh, letting go some sales staff, some success staff, because obviously like the top of funnel is going to be hurt. So what we did is that um, for every new merchant that signs up and says, hey, I want six months free, we still pay the sales team. So like, the, like we count the revenue as if it was closed by the, the, the sales team and we ask them to put a, a payment method on file. So, um, and so as soon as they do that, getting, this is very interesting. They're getting, this is on new accounts, right? This is on new, yes, accounts. new, account, new accounts, new accounts. And this shocked me when one of my competitors did it back in the day, it shocked me and it's, it's mm -hmm. worse. You're giving them a sales commission essentially on the free portion of their onboarding, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's aggressive. It, most of us think that's crazy. I remember back in the day when our competitor did it to us, they made a deal that if you stole a logo account from us, right? A Facebook, a Google or something, they pay this massive quota and they give it to the customer for free, right? Well, it's, it's aggressive, but it, you, if you, but you have to align incentives or it's too complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like basically like we, we kept it simple with the same uh, incentive structure as before. And we just pretend that, that the revenue is here. So this way, like the sales team has an incentive to like onboard them. And uh, sorry to, to, yeah, like close them. And then they go to the onboarding team that has the same incentive to like get them to, uh, to onboard and, and use the platform. And what, and, and from both the new ones and the 200 or so that have taken advantage of this program because they're, because they they're under stress. Have you measured any of the feedback, the NPS impact? Like sometimes, sometimes we don't get credit for favors. Sometimes, sometimes we get, <laughs> almost get criticized. It can be tough. Is it, how do we, how do you know if it's working? 
So we haven't measured NPS or uh, have uh, like a, like a, a metric for for feedback. What what we have done though, uh, there are two things. So one is like we can measure how many people take advantage of the program. Um, yes. And so, like, uh, yeah, right now it's like uh, roughly 10% of the, the customer base. Um, uh, I hope it's going to increase. And then uh, it's like, what is the, the qualitative feedback? Like, what, what are people saying? And uh, actually, like, I'm getting like uh, emails in my inbox like every day. Uh, merchants are telling me, hey, like, uh, we, yeah, our sales are dropping. Like, can you guys like uh, decrease your your pricing or like, uh, is there something we can do here? And so that's something that they are already expecting. So like, it's just great to them when we tell them like, hey, we actually have a program for you. Uh, to help yeah. you go through Instead that. about asking me for a discount, my product's not that expensive. Just join our free program for now if you're under pressure. Yeah. Uh, don't even don't even worry about that that the drama around that. It's cool. What else? Um, you know, what, and then I just let's let's wrap up on kind of culture and some other learnings in, just in terms of being a CEO. But you, you're seeing these these different mixes. But Shopify, which we're both super fans of, right? I mean, I think it's gotten yeah. <laughs> companies of our era. They, they suspended guidance in the public markets. They said, things are so crazy, we're no longer telling you how we're going to do. So how does that square, if you know, with what you're seeing across, you have thousands of customers, but I don't know how many Shopify has, hundreds of thousands, right? How do you uh, see yeah. different elements in the economy where Shopify saying, look, I don't even know. Like, like we, we, we're not even gonna tell you how we're gonna do it anymore. Yeah, so basically it's actually not that hard to know. So we look at our metrics and we see, uh, like I was telling you at the beginning, that the sales are back to, to normal levels. Pretty much like all the SaaS tools in the ecosystem are also sharing the data. So they tell you like uh, where they stand. And so like you can basically like compile the, the data for everyone and get an idea of uh, what, what's going on. So uh, obviously like, uh, yeah, it's been hard end of March. Uh, it seems like things are getting better in, in April. Uh, so like, and uh, you might have seen like um, like the, also, like the stock price for Shopify is like going up significantly. So, uh, like, yeah, we'll see like when they, they release the numbers. But like the indications that we have so far, which is like the, the signals from the SaaS e-commerce ecosystem, plus what we've seen in China, where there is like a JD and Alibaba sale that are back to normal as well, seem to uh, to mean that uh, it's going it's going to be back at the, the same level. So let's just finish up with two things. Are you so you're using China as your model? Are you are you optimistically assuming in three to four months? notwithstanding the rest of the world that things will be sort of back to normal in the sort of e-commerce plus world? So it's, uh, it's hard. And like uh, the governor of California was saying, uh, it's based on science and facts. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to... Uh, no, no, we're all, this is a crazy world where we're not, we're not getting enough guidance. So we're all building our own models, right? We, we should have the answer. Yeah. You know, what, are your, what are you modeling? Just to help other founders. What do you... When are you modeling normalcy? Or are you not even bothering to model normalcy? Yeah, so, so two, two things. One is the, the, the forecast for Q, Q2 is very pessimistic and assumes that what has happened at the end of March is going to be the norm for at least three months. Okay. So like the, so the goals for the teams are pessimistic. Not predicting any, any, any improvement in the short term, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We, we are pretty pessimistic there. That being said, like in the way we, like I see things for, for, for the long run, I think like China is a very good good um, source of information because like you see how fast they recovered. So obviously like this all depends for from uh, how much these measures are followed and uh, implemented in the U.S. But uh, like China has recovered three months after they started to the, the uh, working from home. Uh, so like the con three months after the containment, like now like uh, sales are back to normal, like production is back to normal. So. I'm expecting this is going to last probably like a little more because like uh, the, the measures were taken a bit later in the US, but yeah, so something around like uh, four months. All right, last question, we can chat forever, but 
you, you, you have a team that has been somewhat distributed, but you also have cool offices, you like aesthetics, you like working together clearly, you guys like to go out to lunch together as a team. Like what's, yeah, your, that's uh, what, what's the top struggle you've had in shelter at home and like what's your top hack or thing you've done to improve culture for the team? I think that's something we, we, we figure out every day. Like uh, we, we use like a uh, Tandem, which is like a YC startup that uh, allows you to click on a name and then you can start a, a conversation with somebody. We've done more calls as well. Like uh, lots of teams do daily standups uh, before they were doing weeklies. So like we compensate by like uh, over, over communication and uh, more FaceTime. We, we've used the dailies, which is a big change. Even I've done that. And I thought I was done with dailies for life. So you're doing dailies instead of weeklies. That's a good one. Some teams are doing dailies, like uh, not all of them, like uh, about half. And the other ones are doing weeklies and I have a kind of impromptu conversations about like, a, it's easier to, uh, we, we, we jump more on the phone. We have more like a, uh, like face-to-face -face conversation versus like a chatting on docs. And then like, and then we use Tandem, but I can't figure out what its real value is other than seeing what everyone's listening to on, on Spotify. Like what's the, <laughs> oh my God, it's running right now. What are you, what, what, what's the, you're so good with tools. You're at the cutting edge of collaboration tools. What, what's your hack with Tandem that's helping the team? Um, I mean, like, I don't know if it's a hack, but, uh, like to me, the value is that you can click on somebody and as soon as you click, they hear what you say. And so if they don't want to jump in, they don't jump in, but at least like it removes one step, uh, of friction to, uh, to, uh, actually having a call with someone. So, uh, that, that's, I would say the hack is more like, yeah, you would like, uh, ping somebody on the shoulder and say, Hey, have a sec to chat. That's, that's the same idea. Yep. All right. Last question. Just scale of one to 10. How are you feeling about next year? So next year being, uh, 2021. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling great. Yeah, I think uh, it's hard to know because, like, uh, when you look at the public markets as uh, like an indication of what's going to happen next, like it seems like it's recovering fast and everybody's bullish. Like, uh, I still think that there are 17 million uh, uh, unemployed people more in, uh, the, this month, so it's still like very scary, and I think it's going to take some time to recover. But uh, yeah, I, th I think, in, uh, yeah, I'm pretty bullish about 2021. All right. Okay. Thanks, my friend. This is good. Uh, this is what you're hearing, what you're seeing, um, and we'll continue to hear more perspectives. This was insanely helpful to what several thousand SMB merchants are seeing all across Gorgeous's ecosystem. And also, not only check out Gorgeous if you're if if you can potentially use the product, because especially if you're, even if your business struggling, it might be free today. But check out their website and learn of them as a case study. What someone with thousands of SMB customers that's growing at triple digit rates, how are they approaching this? What's their free program? How are they marketing? How are they how are they helping out their customers? I think it's a great it's a great case study. So thanks again, Roman. Thanks a lot. Hope that's helpful. TaxJar automates sales tax for growing and mid-market SaaS businesses. So you can focus on expanding your services into new markets and grow your top line revenue. Don't let sales tax be a pain in the SaaS. Visit taxjar.com forward slash saster to automate your sales tax compliance and protect your business from the burden of sales tax.